You're listening to The Retail Perch with Shaka Raman and Gary Hawkins. We're going to discuss industry challenges and opportunities in grocery retail, AI, current and upcoming trends, and so much more. Hey, folks, welcome back to another episode of The Retail Perch here with my amazing co-host, Mr. Gary Hawkins. Gary, how are you? Great, Shaker. Great to be with you again. And, uh, you know, we talked here about solutions about uh, to retailers in the grocery industry, solution providers, uh, other analysts. We've had some amazing people here on the show so far. At least the last couple of weeks, I've got to learn, uh, learn a whole lot more, Gary, about this industry and all the different things that it takes to bring us together. No, that's right. We're having some great discussions with people that are across all parts of this industry. Right, right. And you know, I want to thank all the listeners who've been listening to our podcasts on Mondays or whatever day you choose to listen to it. But thank you for your support. And we're glad to tell you because of your support, we made it to the top 10 lists of many different, many different top 10 lists in grocery podcasts. And hopefully it's because of the quality of the content that we bring you. And hopefully we're inspiring you with some uh, good ideas about how to approach some of your sort of problems. And today we happen to have as our guest from Dallas, Texas, Manil Opal, who is uh, the founder of Delivery Solutions. And I met Manil about a year and a half ago at, you know, remember those conferences where you used to meet face-to-face, Gary? You know those things? You know, yeah, I, I, think yeah, I, I, I vaguely recall those. Kind of, yeah, yeah. I think I think it was one of those things we met in the hallways and we had a nice chat. Plus, Manil happens to be from the same town that I am from back in India. So, uh, so that was like, uh, you know, a double whammy there for us to connect. And uh, I know he has, he's got a co-founder as well, but, you know, they do some amazing things. And I thought uh, we'll, we'll welcome Manil on the show here and uh, have us tell us a little bit about his journey, his background, how he got here, how he founded Delivery Solutions. So Manil, welcome to The Retail Perch. Well, thank you, folks. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. So I appreciate you taking out me. So like Shaker said, I'm one of the founders of Delivery Solutions. My other founder, Arshad Mirza, and I started Delivery Solutions around the 2017 um, timeframe as a solution to help retailers with everything e-commerce, whether it's grocery e-commerce or other retail. Um, uh, you know, it's shipping orders, whether you're shipping from DCs or shipping from stores. It's, of course, same-day delivery, uh, where, you know, the merchandise and the customer are in some relatively close proximity, right? And it's curbside and bogus. So we help on all of those three use cases, and we tie all of them together with a very deep post-purchase stack in terms of how you're communicating with the customer, fully wide label, tracking maps. So that's kind of what we do. From a background standpoint, uh, this is uh, my second go-around as an entrepreneur. Prior to this, uh, Arshad and I, same co-founder, we founded a, a company called Lash Delivery in 2014, which was basically a B2C mobile e-commerce. It was an app on the phone where you could buy beer, wine, spirits, click, check out to your door, 60 minutes. So this was the early days when Drizzly was also getting formed and Minibar was getting formed. And, and we started that company here in Texas. The only difference between us and everybody else was back then, we couldn't find anybody to deliver orders that came out of the app. So we, have, we were forced to be in the logistic business by having our own drivers deliver our own orders. And, and so we were full stack. We had mobile e-commerce, but we also had, uh, you know, uh, fulfillment drivers, delivery and stuff like that. 
And as we grew that business all over Texas, we found that, well, a lot of people need same-day delivery. So why don't we actually uh, 3PL this to other people as well? Because, you know, our drivers can not only deliver our orders, but they can also deliver, uh, you know, other people's orders, right? So when DoorDash started doing this, you know, for other retail, I mean, we had been doing this like uh, monetizing delivery assets for other, other businesses, you know, a long time ago. And true fact, being that this is grocery-centric, one of our biggest customers was Instacart. So every alcohol order Instacart took in the state of Texas from retailers like Total Wine, HEB, Specs, was all delivered by Lash Private. So anyways, um, so that's kind of where we cut our teeth, uh, you know, in the delivery business, uh, in the e-commerce business, uh, fulfillment, same day, that kind of stuff. And then we were acquired around the 2017 timeframe by uh, HEB, which is a big grocer here in uh, you know, for those who don't know, they're, they're a behemoth, uh, you know, here in Texas, a $26 billion shop. Because when Amazon bought Whole Foods, HEB had to respond, you know, with the same day capability for delivery. And basically, they bought us and our technology and ops. And that's kind of what seeded HEB's, uh, you know, in-house uh, grocery delivery segment. So, mm. so that was that story. And we took all the lessons learned from there, right, Shaker, and started delivery solutions. One of the few lessons learned was B2C is hard. So we didn't ever want to do B2C again. So that's why delivery solutions are pure B2B uh, play. The other lesson is delivery is hard, right? Doing deliveries, doing same day, the operations, the logistics, and hats off to all these companies that we partner with, right? Uber, DoorDash, uh, Point Pickup, uh, the Roadie, all of the great partners that we partner with. Uh, hats off to them for doing such a great job in this. But we said we were done. We couldn't do it. Uh, we, <laughs> it was hard. So, so that's why now we don't do our own delivery. We provide the software that retailers can use to offer delivery to their customers. Right? So, so that's kind of our story. And that's kind of how delivery solutions kind of came to be. Right? Fascinating. So, uh, so HEB acquired Lash to start their own same-day delivery service. And there were a bunch of learnings that you got from that. So tell us, what are some of the learnings that inspired delivery solutions? You know, I, I can't go much into like what we did, you know, at HEB to kind of scale this out and stuff like that. Right. But, uh, but I think we saw very firsthand and HEB is a very innovative company. I mean, uh, we were just astounded and, and uh, the pace at which they move, the way they uh, execute, you know, there was an exec there back in the day. It was Paul Tafanat. It was just for those who know him, it was just fascinating. His leadership was just uh, amazing over there. And, you know, what a retailer can do natively, you know, if they really wanted to, you know, get something done, especially in our case, in the world of same-day delivery, you know, for their customers. And basically, one of the big ideas was we made a bet that there would be other people in the industry who would want to offer same-day delivery out of their same, out of their native e-commerce. So back in the day, and I say back in the day, but like, Seven years, seven, eight years ago, doesn't matter what vertical of retail you were in. If you wanted to provide same-day delivery, you had to sign up with the marketplace, right? If you were in regular retail, you had to go to somebody like an Amazon for that fast fulfillment, right? If you were in grocery, you had to go ship to Instacart. There was no other option, right? If you were a restaurant or a restaurant chain, gotta go, DoorDash, Uber Eats, marketplace, stuff like that. The bet we made four years ago was that eventually retailers, doesn't matter what segment you're in, uh, are going to want to also offer uh, last mile to their own native e-commerce property. So then we said, well, shouldn't there be a solution where they can consume and then harness the power of all of these delivery providers you know, that are coming up and all of these companies uh, you know, that we partner as well? So, so that's kind of how Delivery Solutions was born as, as a middleware B2B SaaS API platform where 
you know, you make one connection to it as a retailer, whether you're a grocer or, you know, we have, uh, you know, we have great customers in grocery, like, like Giant Eagle, Loblaw, Wakefern, Lowe's Food, United Supermarkets, but also do other uh, retail outside of grocery, right? GameStop, Michaels, Office Depot, Vineyard Wine, Sally Beauty. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of these brands that you, that you know and love, um, you know, but these, you make one connection uh, and then everything hangs at the back of the platform, right? Now, whether you're doing shipping, which is not a big deal in grocery, but, you know, outside of grocery, it matters. Whether you're doing same-day delivery, your customers, whether you're trying to do curbside or bopis and you need that two-way communication with the customer, you want to track when the customer's coming in, so you're ready with the order to make your delightful experience, and all of that post-purchase associated with all of these channels, we, you know, wanted to give one solution, everything in the box, uh, so that you can kind of get started very quickly. And and the other bet that was made was that these, these delivery capabilities will open up. Instacart, uh, was only doing grocery delivery and DoorDash was only doing food and Uber was only doing like taxis. And we made a bet that these ecosystems will open up and everybody's going to do everything uh, and offer this to other forms of delivery. So I think some of those bets came to fruition and, you know, the timing was good, hopefully, <laughs> to where we had a solution that retailers could take advantage yeah, of. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. I mean, so, so you kind of saw the market evolving and getting to a point and you built a solution depending on that journey of that market that's uh, i mean that's that's visionary right that's what makes a entrepreneur uh, kind of uh, see things that other people don't see as of now so congratulations to you guys on that and clearly you've taken the lessons from what you learned in your past experience and said hey we're gonna you can extrapolate this if this happened there we bet this is going to happen here and let's build a solution that these people are going to need that's it's perfect i mean congratulations to you on that Gary, any questions? Yeah, so I, I'm curious. Um, in grocery, you know, obviously online shopping has exploded over the past year uh, with the pandemic. Are you seeing retailers, uh, supermarket retailers, wanting to handle delivery themselves, or are you seeing a, a trend or movement to wanting to use different partners, you know, like a, a DoorDash or a Postmates or Shipt or whoever, to handle that last mile? Uh, no, that's a great question, right? And there's no there's no right or wrong answer on what a, the strategy for a particular grocer or a retailer might be. Depending on your business, your scale, your density, you know, your customer, your behavior, even your picking methodology, whether you use human picking versus you know um, machine picking or uh, you know that kind of stuff, the answer will you know depend. And it could be that you're a grocer that only does uh, use third parties, and that's great, or you're a grocer that you know, has made the decision to be fully in-house with uh, your own fleet or contracted fleets, uh, if you will. Or like many of our customers, you're somebody who wants to utilize best of both worlds, right? Uh, you want to have some fixed capacity, uh, but then use a dynamic orchestration platform like ours to also use third party where, okay, when you reach capacity here, uh, you know, then dynamically move the loads to, you know, other third party partners and stuff okay. like that. So, so we see we see all flavors, you know, in, in what a grocer wants to do or what a retailer wants to do. So interesting. So you come into the picture where a customer goes to the e-commerce site, picks an order, pays for it, and now the retailer has to fulfill that order. I mean, this is an in-store picking happening through whatever e-commerce platform. And once that order has been picked, it has to be delivered to the customer. And you can, you take the handoff at that point. All right. Uh, yeah, actually, we play on uh, both pre-order as well as post-order, right? Because if you're shopping on a grocer's website, 
how does a grocer know whether to even offer you same day delivery or not? Right? Got it. Hey, you want to drive a hundred miles to pick up your order from my store? I don't right. care. Please do the drive, right? right? But in delivery, where you live matters. Uh, yep. Right? Can I deliver to you? Are you too far? You know, uh, or uh, can I deliver to you in an economical way? Right? To where I'm not breaking the bank? Yeah, maybe there's a provider who can deliver that order for sixty bucks, but does it make sense for me to take that order right. from a customer? Right? So you need a lot of pre-order intelligence around eligibility right up front, even before an order is placed. So, so we have API that kind of support that logic on on coverage, zoning, areas, cost, right, real time, you know, on the API in two hundred milliseconds, right. As the customer is shopping, right? Got it. So we do a lot of that pre-order stuff. Um, then even say we say we 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 said yes, and you know offer delivery, and they're checking up things like time slots, right? Do you want to order, offer like a two-hour SLA or four-hour SLA? But maybe in certain markets you want to be one hour, certain markets you want to be, uh, you know, same, you know, hey, order by two, get by seven. All of that slots come from our system as well, and you know, we call them smart windows. Because they got to take into account store opening close times, your labor capacity in the store, because you know you only have so much pick capacity, things like that. Uh, providers need a certain amount of lead time to be able to, you know, you can't tell a provider at 459 that hey, his order for five to six go. You know what I mean? So so our platform looks at all of those things. On, yeah, all of those things, even to surface those slots up, right? To where you can check out. So, so and then the customer checks out. So there's a lot of stuff happening pre-order intelligence, right? Around yeah. delivery. Right? That's fantastic. Yeah. So, you know, we've recently had conversations here on this podcast about, you know, the explosion of e-commerce and, you know, it's, it's kind of, uh, it's a double-edged sword, right? You know, it's, it's very exciting for a lot of retailers that online is growing, but it's also scary because it's the less profitable side of their business currently that they're in store. How does your solution kind of uh, maybe help mitigate some of those things for the retailer? Where do you play, or is that is that a value proposition that you have on your end? No, absolutely right. So, so then we talk pre-order, but on the post-order side, obviously, you know, you can con- connect with multiple vendors, right? And they're like a lot of these uh, awesome companies that we partner with. In fact, you know, true fact, right? The aggregation of same-day last-mile gig was a delivery solution we mentioned when we first started. We now see a few companies kind of pivot into this, but you know, we are the OGs. When it comes to you know multi-vendor uh, you know last mile gig stuff, right? So uh, you can now get the combined coverages of multiple vendors, you know, which is great. Why wouldn't you, right? There are a lot of good companies who build a lot of good capabilities uh, around delivery. Why would you not tap into uh, you know more than one of them, right? Uh, if it you know serves the purposes of your business, um, uh, and then if you're combining them alongside um, your own fleet, now you can have very interesting strategies like. You know what? I have a couple of vans in the store. I'll only use them for next day orders where I can batch my run and have like one man deliver 10 orders. But if it's a same day order point to point, maybe I'll give that to third parties, right? Now you've started to optimize. So we we, we see a usual curve where a retailer is trying to get started and let, I want to offer delivery on my nearest e-commerce. And once as you move along the maturity curve, then you start tweaking the operations, start optimizing it, right? Hey, even if I'm using third party, I want a rate shop. Give me who is cheapest at that time, right? Depending on the rates I have with them, like dynamically based on where Shaker lives, right? Is Uber cheaper or something, you know? So they can, uh, we don't configure these rules, but the retailers can configure whatever rules they want in our system and our system behaves that way to help the customer. So so the the retailer enters into some kind of agreement with the delivery company or multiple companies but then everything is coordinated through your platform. 
Absolutely. We are connected to everybody. So okay. AI, we have connectivity solution. But even in the commercial contracting, the retailer can have direct contracts with uh, the delivery providers and the vendors of the choice. Great. Would recommend it. But we also have a solution. We call it Fox Delivery, where we have cer- certain commercials with certain delivery providers, usually the big ones like DoorDash, Uber, Postmates, Skipcart, Point Pickup, and stuff like that, where if you didn't have the appetite or don't have the time and bandwidth, human capacity, strike five different contracts, we have rates that they bill us and, and we consolidate uh-huh. the rate in one paper. So we uh-huh. do both okay. uh, you know, for our customers. Wow. So, so you become, in that scenario, sort of a one-stop shop delivery solution for the retailer. Yeah, yeah. I guess a traffic cop of sorts, right? So you're basically directing the traffic of... And configuring, giving them the controls of figuring out, okay, which solution to use for the last mile delivery is set up as rules, gets executed by your system. No, I think it's super smart. And clearly an area that's growing like crazy as we see e-commerce grow there. I can see the entire spectrum of supermarket retail requiring a solution like this, right? So it doesn't matter if you're a one-store guy or a thousand-store guy. Ultimately, you want to be able to service your customers and need access to these resources. Yeah. Yep. And, and, you know, a big part of our business is also not only supporting retailers directly and their e-commerce, but we also power other platforms that have other re- uh, retailers on it as well. So, for example, if you're a grocery e-commerce platform that has grocers on it, we are connected to the platform uh, so that that platform can offer delivery solutions to all their customers out of the box, right? No special, uh, you know, just click the button, it's on. So uh, to give you some examples, you guys know MI9, Thrive, AI, uh, you know, we are out of the box with Thrive. So any Thrive customer anywhere in the world can turn on the solution and have our entire suite uh, you know, at their disposal, right? We're out of the box with the uh, uh, Shopper Kit, which is a fulfillment uh, app and a solution, right? Yes. Uh, you know, we're talking to Mercatus, which is another great content solution. So, so we 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 power a lot of platforms as well, and and these are just some grocery examples. But you know, we do it in the restaurant space. You know, we 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 power other shipping platforms like Pitney Bowes, if you've heard of them. Yeah. Pitney launched the same day solution, and that's all powered by delivery solutions, right? So. The gam- the breadth of customers is pretty large, right? Yeah. So, Vanil, you know, in a lot of markets, and I'll speak to just Denver here where I live, I, I think nearly every day I'm getting emails from, you know, Postmates or, uh, you know, several plus different delivery solutions, Uber, uh, Uber Eats, et cetera, you know, trying to entice me to, to use them. Looking out a little ways, do you see all these companies being able to survive? Do you think we're going to have some consolidation in that delivery space? Uh, what, what do you see happening there? Uh, that, that's a great question. And it kind of touches on a couple of different aspects, right? It, it touches on, you know, marketplaces versus native solutions. It also touches on uh, just consolidation in the last mile space uh, in, uh, in, in general. And I'll, I'll kind of talk to both of those, right? I think, you know, like in, in grocery, uh, as an example, uh, you know, the great marketplace solutions like Instacart, the ship, now Uber is trying to make you know, inroads in grocery. I, I don't think marketplace versus native will ever be mutually exclusive. Uh, I think both will exist as channels for retailers. I, I think, you know, marketplaces get you eyeballs, you know, that maybe your native e-commerce brand would not typically attract. 
So, you know, there's some value there and, uh, you know, it's, it's worth paying, you know, the extra percent of cost, you know, you know, for that value add, right? To get net new customers. So I think both, both options will exist. I think fulfillment and delivery more and more will be, uh, retailers are going to start owning it, you know, themselves, uh, right? Uh, and they're going to say, hey, I may have my own native e-commerce plug uh, at the top layer. I can have marketplaces plugged at the top layer like Instacart Ship. I may also have, you know, other platforms like Google and have different heads of my e-commerce, but let all the orders come into me. I'll pick and pack them. I'll deliver them uh, using a standardized format that I have, right? So I think that is probably the model that we are, everybody's going to evolve to, you know, so marketplaces uh, will, you know, definitely they're here to stay. But I think the role they play versus full stack versus, hey, just a demand channel, I think that's the shift that's probably going to happen on there. On the consolidation space, Gary, everything consolidates eventually, right? So look at shipping, right? For the, you know, for the most part, FedEx, UPS, you know, dichotomy, trichotomy, uh, and it took decades to get there, but it got there, right? I think last mile uh, will also consolidate. Right now, what's happening is, you know, we, we did see some companies go out of business. Uh, we saw somebody like Deliv go out of business, but we also saw Uber uh, acquiring Postmates. But it, it's still a, a long ways off because there's also continuous disruption in last month, right? Yeah. Drones, right? With Bing and, you know, uh, uh, Zip and, you know, these companies coming up. Uh, autonomous, semi-autonomous. So think Neuro, think Tortoise. The other day, somebody else pointed Choco. So within one, two miles, these small bots are, are great. You know, they're better than humans, you know, where you're congested, where you're parking. So there's also constant disruption happening yeah. you know, from a technology standpoint, right? So I think we're not there yet where it's going to be like, hey, it's FedEx versus UPS. I think all of this needs to play out a little bit more before it starts up. Hmm. Right, right. No, I mean, clearly, I mean, the, the e-commerce space, it's more than just getting on a website and clicking and adding items to your cart, right? There's just uh, so many mechanics and logistics. So for, for a retailer, if you were to say, hey, somebody were to come to you and say, hey, how do I make e-commerce? How do I increase my margins? First of all, how do I not lose money on e-commerce, right? And then how do I make money uh, with e-commerce? Because the consumer shift is happening and COVID has kind of just accelerated the whole consumer shift to online shopping that much faster, right? Uh, I think I've heard reports where it said that, you know, we've kind of gotten to a, a, what was predicted in five years happened in the last one year in terms of e-commerce growth. So what would be the advice to a retailer and to say, how, how do they think about e-commerce and margins and profitability? Well, that's a, well, that's a pretty wide question. And, you know, our lens is it's a little bit narrow, right? Because margins on e-commerce can range anywhere from merchandising strategies to operational strategies to fulfillment, shipping, delivery. There's so much, you know, the margins that can be right. extracted. In. So our lens is kind of very limited to shipping, delivery, curbside mobiles, you know, that kind of stuff, right? Um, I, I guess let me use you as a question and say, from your perspective, uh, maybe retailers vary, who did they shift the cost of last mile delivery to, to the customer yeah. or the retailer? Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, from a last mile delivery standpoint, typically the, uh, at least in the US, the, the consensus is, we're not going to expose our customers to the variances in delivery costs, right? Because every delivery cost, every delivery, what it costs from a provider, you know, it changes depending on, uh, you know, who you are, where you live, what market you're in, you know, that kind yeah. of stuff. One thing that retailers are doing is 
the cost of the customer's console. You know, they pick a number, uh, you know, 799, 899, 999, whatever, right? The more sophisticated ones, also demand shape on that. Like, hey, you want two hours, 999, but you want it tomorrow, uh, 599. Because maybe tomorrow I'll deploy a van, I can batch it, it's maybe cheaper for me. Today, I'll just going to use third body, right? So, but but the number's always constant. On the back end, there may be variances, and that's where a platform like ours comes into, hey, either go rate shop, or, you know, hey, I have, a, I have this preferred rate with this carrier, but that only triggers after I give them a thousand deliveries, so make sure to give them a thousand first. You know, all of these strategies to cost save and optimize on the back end is something that our tool uh, does, right? Typically, nobody looks to make money out of delivery, right? This is not a profit center, right? right? Uh, but if you can provide a delightful experience, you can have this channel as a you know well-run omni-channel, um, well-run channel in your omni-channel strategy. And if you're breaking even doing it, that, that that's great. Uh, right. You know, you know, I mean. This is, this is never probably going to be a profit center for you guys because uh, you know the, the likes of Amazon keep keep driving the prices down and keep making it cheaper. You'll, you'll probably never win that battle, right? But you know, can we get it to a point where we're breaking even, right? Or or not sacrificing too much of a margin, right? Yeah. It is any day cheaper though than uh, you know giving twenty percent to a marketplace. That is for sure, right? Right. That's an interesting. Uh challenge for retailers to figure out, right? Because a lot of, because the optics on delivery is interesting, right? Uh, what people might save uh, on a free delivery, perceived free delivery, it may be made up in the cost of product, right? And, uh, but the optics are so big because the customer perceives uh, free delivery as a higher value than a discount of the product and sometimes because for them, it, they're, they're measuring it against time and effort that it takes to go and pick up the product and they're willing to pay that amount or they see that free, it's like, oh, wow, I'm getting time and energy and focus back into my life. And, you know, that's worth a lot of money to me. I think delivery, you know, when we first started, you know, just the way we have evolved, uh, you know, the early adopters for delivery were alcohol, like total wine, you know, our very first customer and grocery, right? These industries were, you know, naturally more prone to delivery. Um, I think uh, pre-COVID, we started seeing some shift with, you know, some retail jumping on. COVID definitely accelerated like a lot of the uh, shift, uh, right? Uh, now we saw beauty and, you know, electronics and all of these guys jumping on same day delivery. And now uh, once, I wouldn't say COVID is behind us, but post-COVID world, I think people are realizing that it has to be a part of the omni-channel strategy. We're now even apparel, which is I consider laggards in, in the same day world, right? Uh, and we have now Vineyard Mines and Belk and Abercrombie and Fitch. And, you know, uh, five years ago, you know, nobody would have even considered offering delivery. But now, right. you know, the shift has happened. They're like, hey, if the customer is getting groceries delivered, food delivered, alcohol delivered, you know, they're asking their retailer, why don't you have this option when I have every other option? Right. I, I want it now. No, or at least give me the option, right? I may yeah. not want delivery every day, but the day that I'm busy, please have an option uh, for yeah. me, right? Yeah. Right, right. So what, So thinking, you know, maybe in the future, right? We're, let's talk about predictions. You guys seem to be really good at predictions, by the way, so I'm going to take you up on this. <laughs> so, so I know you mentioned uh, technologies like drone delivery or automated 
delivery, you know, robots. I've seen, you know, little robots carrying grocery bags and delivering in, in residential areas, right? So I'm guessing that those will also want to integrate with a solution like yours, where you provide that capability. Uh, but what do you see as the market for some of those automated uh, autonomous delivery systems? Yeah, great question, right? So we, like we front-end third-party delivery and shipping providers and in-house delivery, we also front-end what we call IoT solutions, right? So, and that whole IoT spectrum includes things like lockers, uh, right? Whether you're using a public locker solution like, you know, UPS Access Point or you have native locker solutions installed in your stores or, you know, uh, they are at different points in the city. You know, I think we'll see a lot more like Europe, you know, rise of these locker vendors where you have lockers as a service. Uh, and and see these lockers everywhere, and some of them will probably be, you know, cold chain control, you know, to make a trip for groceries as well, right? Things like that. Uh, we already see that in Canada, where you know you have uh, lockers in train stations where you can shop your locker, uh, shop your groceries on the app, get it delivered, and then you come home on the train, pick up your groceries in the locker, go home, and stuff like that. So yes, I mean, lockers are going to be a big part of IoT. Uh, we also obviously front end things like autonomous delivery, drone delivery. One's not commercially, uh, you know, fully out there yet, but, you know, we are tracking companies like Wing and Zipline and, you know, some of these guys to where once they become commercially reasonable and, you know, ubiquitously deployed, you know, it'll be a solution like ours that connects to it. Autonomous is another great world. And even in that, they're like two or three different types. They're fully autonomous vehicles, thing like Luro, but you also have things like Tortoise, which is basically a, a bot that has a camera that is being driven by remote operators sitting in a call center in Mexico. And they're actually seeing the road and steering the, you know, which is sort of like a bridge between like fully autonomous and, you know, uh, and we have some of our customers starting to- Like pilot. drone pilots, right? Yeah, like yeah. drone, but just yeah. driving the streets. And I think in a, in a high, if you are, have a grocery store in a high dense area where you're surrounded by apartments and stuff like that, I mean, those are great options, right? Uh, you know, within the first mile or, you know, a mile and a half and stuff like that. So we are front-ending those, uh, um, you know, solutions as well. And I'm seeing those accelerate more than drones for now because drone has some FAA. You know, I'm a pilot myself, instrument rated, all of that good stuff. So I, you know, I can understand what it takes and what I, you know, uh, what controls, you know, they would want to have on drones, uh, you know, because when I fly up at the DFW airspace, I, I cannot even sneeze without, you know, people not watching me, right? Every right. step is controlled. Every step is directed and things like that. So that, you know, they're going to want to have equal amount of control on, on, on drone traffic as well. Um, the other thing is, you know, um, the way Amazon offers, hey, I'll deliver in the in your garage or deliver, uh, you know, in your house because I, I'm now uh, integrated to these lock, lock, lock solutions and things like that. So as these become more commercially available, uh, you know, it'll be a solution like ours, right? Yeah, you know, that's connecting to these items as well. Right. If you think of a prolific retailer who's wanting to meet all of their customer needs, there's no one solution that's going to be an answer to all. Right. Your answer right. is going to be dependent on customer preference, uh, you know, and and it'll be many different solutions that need to be front ended by something. Uh, right. You cannot keep doing one to one connections and, you know, and that's kind of where we come in, basically. Right. No, fascinating. I was, I was just thinking when I was looking at your website, you know, nowadays uh, we're at the age of all these really interesting company names, right? They come up with all these names of uh, uh, consonants and vowels and try to figure out the right name that sounds catchy and nice. Uh, yours is such a refreshing name in that I know exactly what you do just by looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> that was a lesson uh, learned as well from from our lash delivery days because like lash and you know alcohol delivery and we had to spend a lot of money brand building is not cheap right i mean to build a brand you got to spend a lot of money and so again lessons learned from the previous uh, adventure was like you know what let's just go with a name that just makes sense and i don't have to spend money to educate customers yeah. on what we do right delivery solutions i mean it should speak to itself right. although you know now we have expanded to post purchase and curbside so we've kind of outgrown a name a little bit so i don't know maybe we should come up with like fox something i don't know we're thinking about it right now. <laughs> <laughs> delivery fox right so yeah i don't, I don't know yet i have this guy sitting on my desk I know. Interesting. So, you know, we also have uh, several startups who've been on uh, our show, you know, fascinating ones in the food space. And you're probably the one. Uh, in fact, a uh, couple of weeks ago, we spoke to a white labeled warehousing uh, solution for brands called White Box, which is, you know, fascinating. We spoke to the CEO uh, and they essentially help the startup brands, CPG brands, uh, help with distribution. Right. Uh, so, you know, it could be an interesting conversation for you guys to, to, to talk to them because, you know, they could you could power up their marketplace from a delivery perspective. We already do. Uh, we have a couple of customers like that. So we have a company called Flex, F-L-E-X-E, with, uh, you know, which is basically microwave housing, you know, in multiple locations in the country. But, you know, all all the deliveries kind of flow to us. So to so be already in that space a little bit, um, hmm. it's a great space to be in. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Perfect. So, you know, so this is from an entrepreneur perspective, uh, you know, so some of the, if there are some entrepreneurs listening to this podcast uh, and they want to enter the retail space, any, any suggestions, any learnings that you think that they should really, uh, <laughs> that you can take from your experience? I'm sure there's a ton. So, so we sell mostly to retailers and that too, I mean, our sweet spot is um, the big enterprise retailers, right? So these are typically companies that are 500 million and up in revenue, right? A billion dollars and up. And these are big companies, big retailers, right? Been around for a while. And, uh, you know, and we are in the B2B white label software space, right? One advice is nothing's fast in this space, right? Every, you know, every deal, if, 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 if you think it's going to take two months, please double or triple it. You know, uh, these are long sales cycles. I think uh, I think the reward at the end of it is good because you know you know you have a customer like really vetted you out and you're doing something very you know deeply embedded in their staff for them and things like that. But the 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 sales cycles are you know kind of long. And even if I'm a big retailer and I said yes, I I love you, I want you today, even that's going to take probably two months. So uh, you know, so yeah. just keep that at the back of your mind right? in terms of when you think about like velocity of sales and uh, you know. Uh, uh, growth and things like that. So of course, the nature of your kind of company delivery solutions is also pretty sticky because once it's it's being used and it's being used extensively, there's a, a level of dependency that uh, makes it uh, yeah. nice for you as a business, right? I wouldn't call it dependency. I'd say it's a mutually symbiotic uh, relationship. Yeah, but okay. I like uh, but uh, mutually <laughs> symbiotic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But true fact, uh, we've had zero churn. Uh, uh, you know, so ever since we started, there's not one retailer who started with us. And then within a year, you know, I said, okay, thanks, we're gonna go do something else. We have had every we have kept every customer we've ever had. Not saying that nobody will leave us in the future, but that's what uh, so far we have been very sticky, uh, you know, with our customers, right? And we're constantly making the system better, adding value. So. Yeah, and clearly you're adding value, right? You're, you're 
reducing one more pain point. You're mitigating some risk and you're creating some level of consistency and uh, dependability, right? I, right? That's one less thing for the retailer to worry about. You're taking care of it. That's that's fantastic. I think that's, a, you know, I heard from somebody who's talking about B2B SaaS, you know, you've got to be one of three. You either have to help the customer make money, lose less money, or mitigate risk, right? <laughs> so if you're not doing any of those three things, you really can't be uh, an effective <laughs> B2B SaaS company, right? So you got to do one of those three things. So clearly you're, you're, you're in that space. It's been a fascinating conversation for me. Uh, Gary, any questions before we kind of- Yeah, no, the, this down? is great. Uh, no, thank you for uh, uh, sharing not only your background, but what Delivery Solutions does. I think it's a great, great service to a lot of retailers. So just don't have the, the bandwidth, the resources to go figure all this out for themselves, right? Right. So, Manel, if you had to do a two-minute commercial for the, the retailers out there who are listening, what would you say Delivery Solutions offers? You know, Delivery Solutions uh, offers solutions to help enable or enhance your same-day delivery, your BOPIS and curbside operations, your shipping operations, and tie it all with a consistent post-purchase experience to keep your customers informed, uh, you know, on these orders. Um, so that's, that's kind of what we do in the next show. Those are the four pillars that we work on. Terrific. they got a great yes. website. I just checked out Delivery Solutions, uh, their website. Google it, and it comes right up on top. And they got some uh, very informative. They've got strong partnerships that they've built, a great ecosystem. So I want to congratulate you, Manel and Arshad. I know who's not on the show, but you guys are putting together something fantastic. And it's I'm really thankful that you guys gave about 45 minutes to get on with us on the retail perch. And you know what? You're going to get a follow-up email from Stephanie asking you for your address so she can ship you a mug with the retail perch box. There you go. <laughs> Next time you can have the fox in one hand and the retail perch in the other hand. And then uh, we'll hopefully catch up soon. We'd love to have you back whenever it's the right time to do so. But thank you for your time. And uh, yeah, well, one thing I'll remind is deliverysolutions.co, a lot of, you know, not .com, but it's .co. But yeah, thanks. It's been an honor. Thank you. The questions are great. Uh, you know, thanks for having me on and uh, kind of indulging me and allowing me to kind of share our point of view because we see this industry from not only just grocery, but from, you know, other angles as yeah. well. So happy to uh, kind of come. No, I love that. that. I think there's a lot to learn, right? So I think retail, you see trends in one vertical and retail, and sometimes it spills over because ultimately you're changing customer expectation. And it, right. it doesn't really matter whether you're a shoe store or a grocery store, ultimately they want the experience, right? So I think that's a great way to look at it. So anyway, folks, thank you so much for listening again to an amazing, another amazing episode. I don't know how we keep coming up with these amazing guests, Gary. I think, <laughs> um, you know, we're doing something right. So, but clearly we're having fun. So me and Gary, of course, get up here and just have chats and Stephanie does all the work of putting this podcast together and putting it out there. So I want to thank Stephanie Doherty again very much for this, but uh, it's been a great show. Thank you again, Manil, for showing up here and hopefully uh, we uh, made you feel welcome enough that you'll come back one day, right? And, and talk to us again. Yeah, awesome. Come back again, guys. Awesome. Thank you so much. Great. Right. Thank, thank you. you so much. Bye. Make sure to join us every Monday and connect with us at The Retail Perch on Instagram and Facebook. And if you have any questions, feel free to email us at theretailperch at birdseye.com. Until next time, this is Shaker. And this is Gary, signing off. Mm -hmm.